Annyeong SAO! Welcome to Afternoon Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K-Romance guides. So grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. So last week, I already mentioned this last week, but just to kind of throw it out there again, um, because it, it informs something that happened this week. So last week... We had the glory. We did the glory last show. And then before that, the week before that, you guys did the Unburden Me show because I had an emergency, emergency health thing with my daughter, which is all good. And, you know, I, I thanked you for that. And that was great. And then was it yesterday? It was just yesterday, right? Yesterday, two things happened that made me think I was losing my mind having to do with that podcast. And it made me wonder if. You guys even notice when I'm not here? <laughs> I totally. <laughs> I don't know where I, this is going. Are you going to? No, it's a conversation that Megan and I had yesterday in Slack, and you, and you must have I missed it. Bad. It wasn't like we weren't talking without you. You just probably missed the conversation. So Megan pops into our Slack yesterday to talk about somebody who's messaging with us in our Instagram as if I know who this person is, and I'm sure it's a lovely person. And and uh, and Megan's like, you know, talking about this person. I'm like, do I know who this person is? And you're like, well, it's this person's mom. And I'm yeah, like, we oh. talked about this on the pod. I was like, and she's Mark? like, we talked about this on the pod. And I'm like, I, like, I don't think difficult? that we did. I was I, so annoyed I, at you, too. I was like, why are you being difficult, Amy? We <laughs> talked about this on the pod. And you're like, um... And and I and I felt kind of bad that I didn't know like a listener story. And then I was like, wait a minute, like did you talk about this on the pod where I was absent? <laughs> and she's like, yes, yes, we did, we did. Yeah. And then like, dawned, the dawned same me. day, the same day, I get a text from somebody who's one of our writer friends, Natalie. And Natalie texts me about this coworker of hers who loves our podcast, which I'm really excited about because it's somebody local. And so I'm gonna. Um, get to, you know, learn a little bit more about her from Natalie. But anyway, she texts me about this person. She's like, yeah, and she said that you guys were talking about um, AJ on the podcast, who's a, a writer friend of ours. And I said, wait, is this person? And it was the person that Megan had mentioned to me. I'm like, is this this person? And she's like, no, like her name is this. And I was like, I don't understand. How does she know about AJ? And she's like, no, you were talking about AJ on the pod. I'm like, I swear to God, I never talked about our friend AJ on the pod. And then I said, oh, my God. And Natalie doesn't listen to our podcast. Love Natalie, but she's not a K-drama person yet. I'll convert her. But Natalie doesn't yeah. listen to the podcast. So she was like, Amy, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you talked about this person on your podcast. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about because you're talking about an episode where I was absent. And Megan did this to me today, too. What's the TLDR to this? The TLDR, the TLDR is that Megan talked about something that happened on the pod where I was absent and was annoyed with me that I didn't know what she was talking about. And to me, it just made me realize that you guys don't even know when I'm gone. That's basically, that's the TLDR. Well, she was like, are you gaslighting me? <laughs> I Look, I did feel bad because I was like, I was irritated at Amy. I'm like, why are you acting like you don't know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about and because Amy remembers everything so I was like I felt very gaslit yeah it did I know 
I will say, I mean, sometimes we're, we're obviously like really well prepared and we know what's going on. Other times, sometimes I do feel like we are bare knuckling, <laughs> bare knuckling everything. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes you just got to grin and bear it, I guess. I don't know. That is me today. That is me today. Yeah. I, all I know is that fuck cats because I was like just going to be able to be perfectly on time to record tonight. And the cat hail married it out the door as I was opening it, like between my legs. I had to run through four different neighbors' yards. And like we're in like a suburban neighborhood where it's all gates and like big fences. So I'm like just busting into people's yards. Like some I know, some I don't really. Being like, I hope no one like shoots me basically for running around their yard trying to get my cat. And finally, I just had to be like, you know what? You're all more important. Anyway, all that to say, thoughts and prayers to the cat. I've done my best. It just like, it, it was like a movie. Like I'd catch, I'd like get up close to it and then it would just like hork its body forward so I couldn't catch it. And it's been raining really hard. So it's all muddy oh and I'm like sliding around. This is the I was second like, time your cat's done this. Does it all the time. Oh my God. That's exhausting. Except like normally I can get it back. And today he just like, it's muddy. So he could like be extra eluding because like I'm slipping and sliding through like, you know, we just had a hailstorm. So anyway, I like the cat and I'm also going away at six in the morning tomorrow. So I'm feeling extra stressed yeah. because I can't really like leave. I don't want to like leave the cat like full stop. I'm not a monster. I don't want pets or like them particularly, but I also don't want them eaten horrifically. Right. But yeah, we're going to be uh, leaving town at six in the morning tomorrow to go to L.A. to see Stray Kids. Hooray. Anyway, this is boring. Let's get to what we're talking about. I, well, I just want to say I can't wait to hear about Stray Kids. I, I'm in a K-pop group on Facebook. And this one girl posted and she was like, OK, so I have like United Points or whatever. She's like, am I crazy for wanting to just like fly to L.A. for one day to see Stray Kids and fly back the next day? And all the comments are like, of course, that's not crazy. <laughs> They're so fun. Speaking of gaslighting, I guess that's something that <laughs> that anti-heroes do. And so today we are talking about anti-heroes and heroines, which I'm really excited about because I think this is a fun topic. I don't even know who put this on the schedule. I was just like, oh, well, this is a fun topic. I think I think Leah did. Yeah, because it wasn't me. Yeah. Well, it's a great. No, oh, well, I'm part of myself. Yeah. I mean, it's a great topic and uh, came K-drama is rife with them. So first, let it explain what a anti-hero or heron is. Uh, basically, they are a character that lacks the traits that an audience typically associates with a hero. So they may be morally ambiguous. They could do the wrong things, but for valid reasons or the right things for wrong reasons. But they have the audience rooting for them anyway. And uh, for the sake of brevity, like we are going to use the term anti-heroes because it's a lot to say anti-heroes and heroines throughout the whole thing. Hey, Taylor but, Swift calls herself an anti-hero. Yeah, good. we are talking about all genders in this discussion. So I just want to put that out there. I'm tired. I, I don't want to have to say anti-hero and heroine the whole time. <laughs> no. Um, so to sum up, first of all, um, there's an article on Jericho writers, which we will link this in the show notes, although these are these are fairly common. I think any sort of writing resource 
has these li- this list of anti-hero types. So I-, I don't think it's like unique to the resource that I found. Um, but essentially, there's kind of like five general types of anti-heroes that we're going to go over because I found this to be I found these types to be interesting and it's fun to like think about what your favorite anti-hero fits into. So um, actually, Leo, why don't you do the first one? Because I know you have a special place in your heart for the example. Yeah, I really like this one. So the corrupt protagonist, an example being Thomas Shelby from Peaky Blinders, a a corrupt corrupt (laughs) protagonist will typically act out of self-interest and may be obsessed with motivations such as power, wealth, and fame. But for readers to understand and really importantly sympathize with this type of anti-hero, the reasons for their corruption must be clear and logical. And we'll get to more on Tommy Shelby later. Don't worry. There's much to say about Tommy Shelby. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'll do the next one. The classical anti-hero. An example of the classical anti-hero is Frodo Baggins from Lord of the Rings, which I've said before that my nickname in college was Frodo Baggins because I had a Frodo haircut and I'm like hobbit sized. So a traditional hero is confident and intelligent with few flaws and weaknesses. Therefore the classical anti-hero is the opposite and is plagued by self-doubt and a lack of confidence. Readers enjoy the complexity that comes with a layered character who is flawed and conflicted. And traditionally, the story arc will follow this classical anti-hero through conquering their fears and coming to terms with themselves and their faults to fight and conquer whatever is threatening them. Okay, should I do the pragmatic anti-hero? I think it's apropos since I'm wearing my Gryffindor sweatshirt right now. Oh, really? Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah, you are. That's so funny. (laughs) Okay, a pragmatic anti-hero example, Harry Potter. This type of anti-hero recognizes their role in the greater good, and they see everything through a big picture viewpoint. For example, suppose the story means this pro- this pragmatic anti-hero must kill or sacrifice other characters. In that case, typically this anti-hero will recognize that it must be done so that they can achieve their higher goal. For example, in Harry Potter's pursuit of Voldemort, he carries out actions that would be considered wrong, such as using curses, to ensure Voldemort's ultimate demise. That's for the greater good. And then we have the unscrupulous hero. So an example of the unscrupulous hero is Captain Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. Heroes in this category have good intentions, and they're morally good. However, they don't really care how much collateral damage they cause when they fight to achieve their goals. If your hero is unscrupulous, they'll be motivated by revenge and will typically be distrusting. Jack Sparrow is a great example of this as he's ultimately fighting on the side of the goodies. And then the last one is hero in name only. An example of a hero like this is Dexter from Dexter. (laughs) Um, These protagonists tiptoe along the line of a hero and a villain. The reader will still be on their side and root for them. They won't necessarily agree with their actions and decisions. So these characters are on the side of good, but they're not entirely good themselves. So first of all, do we like anti-heroes? Why or why not? I, I hope so, because we're talking about them for the whole hour today. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it goes along with what we've talked about a lot on the pod with understanding the difference between like our fictional fantasies and real life fantasies. Like, do I want to have to deal with the antics of Jack Sparrow in my everyday life wondering if, 
you know, at wondering at all turns if what he will do to achieve his end and whether, sorry, wondering at all turns what he will do to achieve his end and whether or not I'll still be alive when all is said and done? Of course not. But is it hella fun to watch a swashbuckling pirate drunkenly swashbuckle his way to glory? Absolutely. And I think what makes an antihero so appealing is getting to sort of like loosen our morals in a fantasy setting while still keeping them intact in real life. Before K-drama sunk its claws into my soul, I, you know, have been pretty clear to folks throughout, you know, the podcast that I was a big period drama lover. And when, Megan, you kind of offered up Tommy Shelby as a you know, an example of an anti-hero, I felt the need to hit pause. And I'm going to, I'm going to bridge this because I really went like full PowerPoint. Um, and I'm going to make this like a mini point, <laughs> but I love, I mean, look, I, I support you talking about Tommy Shelby though, because he is one of the best examples of an anti-hero. Ever. Ugh, I mean, I love him. And <laughs> so if you, if you like, and Megan, you're like, we can tag team on this a little bit too, because not everyone who like people are here to listen to K dramas, not hear me talk about Peaky Blinders. But Peaky Blinders were a gang in England that kind of came up after World War One, and they're a real gang. Um, and they got their name because they sewed razor blades into the um to the brim of their caps. And they would use them when they were in like street fights. They would like whip their caps off and like slice each other. And essentially they could like blind you with it. So blinders. Yes. And so they're part of the criminal underworld. And so Tommy cares about his family. Like this is a family business. He, you know, they've come back from the war. Dad's dead. You know, one of the brothers has severe PTSD. Um, and he, so he's like not even the oldest brother, right? Like he's got to step up and he views himself as the family's protector and savior. He's going to run the business. Um, but because he's an anti-hero, let's be real. This is all mainly about what he wants for the business. So sure. They'll do things like have family meetings. Like Megan, they're always having family meetings. (laughs) They are always family in the gambling hall, basically. But everyone knows that Tommy is ultimately going to decide what happens next. And this Selfishness and single-mindedness can cause a lot of conflict in the rest of the family who might have opinions. Um, He might decide that someone needs to die, like one of his brother's beloved childhood teachers or a friend. And you don't get much of a choice once he's made that decision, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) like the choices he makes that ultimately like he thinks are good, like like he essentially so one of his brother really wants to marry a um essentially like a like a working woman okay a a sex worker lizzie and tommy doesn't want his brother to marry lizzie so he's like and he knows that lizzie he's like used lizzie's services in the past he knows lizzie like has a thing for tommy shelby because everyone has a thing for tommy shelby so he goes and essentially he like seduces her and even though she's like engaged to his brother She's like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, like, I'm down to get, like, the Tommy, the Tommy pipe. (laughs) And then Tommy's like, I knew it. I knew it. You're not for my brother. He, like, tells his brother, breaks up the engagement. It's, like, horrible. He hurts so many people. It's, like, heartbreaking and mean. So mean. But Tommy's like, I did the right thing. I did the right thing. Because this is what's best for my family. And, like... But it's what I think is best for my family, not like, you know what I mean? The question was, do you like antiheroes, right? 
We're going to talk about him a little bit more. Okay, just, you know, we, we got a tight hour the, here, yeah. so just letting you two but know. But we're going off about Tommy Shelby, because he's great. All right, I'm just going to mute myself. You guys let me know when it's my turn. So the thing is, is that he's a tactical genius. Like, he's not psychopathic. So the decisions cost him. But he's seeing the world as a chessboard, and he's playing to win. He picks a course. He commits. Um, he's also courageous and confident. He's a bona fide World War One hero that will, like, step up for the underdog. But, um, you know, he is going to hurt you if you get in his way. And he might love his first love. He might love his kids. He even loves his family. He also hurts the ones he loves over and over and over. So in a nutshell, with this type of anti-hero, you have a violent crime boss who's going to pursue power with a single-minded ambition, plotting his next move four steps in advance. Mm-hmm. And as a viewer, I'm ultimately chewing, I'm ultimately cheering for him to win, even though his body count is truly disturbing. Absolutely. And another thing about him being an anti-hero, wait, what was, oh my God, I had a thought process and now I just forgot it. Would you like me to repeat what the question was? <laughs> no. God. Look, Amy, I was also going to talk about Taboo and uh, Tom Hardy getting incest. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy. Hey, Tom Hardy is also kind of an anti-hero in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, he is. He's an anti-hero in a lot of things that he plays. Yeah, I can't remember what but I was going to say now. If you ever want a quality, uh, you know, incest is not the way. And that's not the happy ending anyone deserves, but taboo with uh, Tom Hardy, ugh, anti-hero gold. So, yeah, I mean, as soon as I, like, was doing this script and I saw that Tommy Shelby was an example, it, like, took me back. Like, I, I would say, like, that show, Peaky Blinder, is one of the only shows other than, like, Stranger Things that can move me like K-dramas. Like, Peaky Blinders is truly one of a kind. So I'm glad that you mentioned him as a very good example of an anti-hero because if y'all need another show to watch... Uh, it's that with a good anti-hero. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love anti-heroes and for me, it's kind of like what Amy said that I separate fact from fiction because most anti-heroes are obviously like giant red flags in real life. Like if I met Tommy Shelby <laughs> in like real life, like in my present day life, you'd be like, I mean, come on. you'd be like, come on. take off those shoes, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, you can smoke the whole time. Oh, my God. He does so much smoking. Uh, and that ta- that sun tattoo on his chest. Oh, Killian Murphy kills me. Anyway, uh, but that's I think that's what I love about. I wanted everyone to know how much Amy is dying at the moment. I have nothing against Peaky Blinders. I just. Yeah, she hates this. We've got 30 minutes left. So we're not we're not usually in a tight schedule. But today we are because we have our live after. So I you know, know, I know, I know. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But it's for me, anti-heroes, it's like a fantasy, basically, to see an anti-hero become an, unlike, like, an unlikely hero. It's a total fantasy for me. And it's okay to like them because they're not real. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like Tommy Shelby. Although, well, whatever. You can like him anyway. Um, okay, so have any of us written an anti-hero in our books? Not in anything that I have published, but Lee and I... <laughs> Lee, and, Lee and I wrote... Um, a Gaston story after the live action Beauty and the Beast came out. And we like kind of geniuses is what we thought. Yes, we did. We fell hard for Gaston and the live action Beauty and the Beast. And we're like, we're going to write a Beauty and the Beast retelling. And we need to write this quick because everybody's going to be clamoring for Gaston books. And we are 
fucking amazing. And we wrote this fever dream of a book. The concept is still good. The concept is still good, but like we got so bananas carried away. Like we wrote a we wrote a, a prince who was pretty much like a Joffrey from Game of Thrones and <laughs> it got like severely violent. <laughs> it was it was fun. But when we we gave it to our agent, she was like, I don't I don't I don't know what to Bold do and go forth <laughs> and, you know, get ready because Hollywood's <laughs> coming. And she was like, She's like, I had one of my YA agents read this, like, just in case I'm missing something. Because we were like, this is also, this is YA. <laughs> like, I don't know what it was. Like, it's still good. I just think we hadn't written like that before. And we sucked. No. <laughs> but it's a good idea. It is a good idea. As is, we also had a, we also had a vampire idea that I still yeah. would like to do someday about. I mean, all vampires are antiheroes, right? Like, because they they, you know, feed off of humans. But like... We had a fun va- we had a fun vampire idea as well, and so I, I feel like I have these these characters that I want to write, but right now they sadly don't fit into the brand of what I'm writing, and my editors would be like, "No, no," if I even tried. Uh, so it's in there, and I want to write them, but I just haven't had the chance to do them yet. Uh, I, I would say some of my some of my alien heroes are anti heroes. I mean, that's kind of almost the nature of what I write at this point. I mean, I wouldn't say that they're like. They're not Tommy Shelby. Okay, we're talking most of mine are probably like the unlikely hero, like like Frodo Baggins right. type things. Like they're just, you know, they're outcasts and I don't know. They're aliens and <laughs> they need to find a way to be heroes. Um, uh, and they, you know, leave, you know, I would say like they have a high, they, they make decisions for what they consider to be the greater good, which would be like always saving because I write alien romance. So they're always going to be saving their human mate above like anything else. That's part of the fantasy of what I write. Um, So it kind of lends itself to writing heroes. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but it's also complete fantastical fiction. Right. I think something similar between an antihero and a villain is that they both believe that they are the hero of their own story. So, you know, even if they're doing things that we might think are, you know, straddling the moral line, they're they're doing it for what they think is the right reason. And for me, yeah, just really quickly, I did, I think my first here, like never a strong, strong anti-hero, but my first book series off the map, I felt like I modeled off of like a baby Mr. Rochester who I'd consider pretty much an anti-hero from uh, Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre of that idea of somebody who is... I don't know, just like deeply flawed, a hot mess, emotionally stunted, and, you know, some growth there. So I'm going to go with that. I actually um, got like some props from my 14-year-old son today when I told him that I was going to be talking about Better Call Saul on the podcast tonight. It's so, that's the unscrupulous antihero. I think, I think, I think Jimmy McGill is all sorts of antiheroes, but very unscrupulous. And I never watched Breaking Bad because my son watched that with his dad without me. But then he started watching Better Call Saul while he was at my place. And I, every time he had it on and I was in the room, I'd be like, what's happening? Why is he doing that? And then I just, I was like, well, I'm just going to watch the show with you. So um, Bob Odenkirk kills it as Saul Goodman, which one thing I love about that name is the way where he gets it is it's all good man. And his real name is Jimmy McGill. And so Jimmy has heart but it's not really ever in the right place. And I don't know, like you, 
you root for him because you're like somehow Jimmy's gonna like pull it out and he's gonna be the good guy but I won't spoil it for you for anybody who hasn't watched the series because it's really good and you should check it out but I'll also add because we brought it up last week and I'm willing to bet like a million dollars that I don't have that Megan still has not watched The Princess Bride I did not have time this week. Oh, okay. Really? What? What? But just so you know, I did listen to the. Be- I did listen to our podcast today while I was running some errands, uh-huh. and again, just listened to the part where you guys just totally roasted me. Uh huh. Uh huh. For not watching the first five, and we had a comment on Instagram. I think it was Stuart. Where yes, he, was like, he did. Yeah, he called me out too, and said he owned the anniversary edition. Right. <laughs> So, and we we brought these characters up last week, um, Wesley and Inigo, and I think they both can be seen as antiheroes because while they are doing what what they're doing in the name of justice, in their eyes, hunting down the baddies who did badder things, um, I'd call Wesley like a mildly pragmatic antihero. He becomes a pirate in order to save his own life and to maybe one day make it back to Princess Buttercup. He does not want to kill, but he will if it means killing someone bad to save someone good. And then Inigo, on the other hand, is avenging his father's death, and he will kill anyone who gets in the way of him finding the six-fingered man, even though he doesn't really want to because at his heart he considers himself a moral guy. But in order to make money, he works for a criminal, Vizzini, and is part of the plan to kidnap and kill Princess Buttercup. So he's unscrupulous, doing what it takes to achieve his goal, which he considers noble. So I have a breaking news update in Missing Cat 2023, which is my neighbor just called while Amy was yeah. giving that rundown. Have your cat? Just, yeah. And said, I just looked out my window and the cat, like the cat must have gone into like their cat door and is up on their balcony looking at our house and meowing. So I'm oh. going to go grab my daughter after I give what? my explanation and she can walk over and get his dumb ass. I, I really do like the cat. I don't want the cat to be. We have, cat the is thing is we much. have so many coyotes. They just like sit, sleep on our, like they literally Same. lounge in the sun mm-hmm. and people are constantly yeah. like seeing them eat cats, cats. Like every night they're like out hunting and every night like step on our like community thing like uh, yeah there's like a cat at night that gets eaten so well i'm glad he came back because normally they do try to but they can get lost so good 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 for your cat he's just so dumb okay yeah. so i I'm, i mean lord of the rings is rife with anti-heroes like i think wait say game of thrones because you said lord of the rings oh well lord of the rings, not okay. so much but a little bit but uh, <laughs> game of thrones is what uh, i'm trying to get at. i'm just flustered about my cat so with thrones i'm just gonna look i'm gonna pull two quick examples two of my favorites yeah. and jamie lannister you know me and incest i'm looking at you um so here's a sister lover who threw a child out a window for seeing him knock boots with you know his twin he kills everyone his sociopathic sister tells him to but also wants to be like a good guy and be on the right side and so look most of this show he was on a journey to becoming like a bona fide anti-hero into being even maybe a hero until they effed up his arc in the last ep- in the last season. So no spoilers, but like they really fucked him. Um, they did. But somebody who did have a good and like, oh, oh so good is the hound so good. who as a child was disfigured by his psychopathic big brother and has spent years wallowing in nihilism and has charming quotes like saying fuck the king's guard fuck the city fuck the king and <laughs> just like doing like the dirty work for like the royal family um but you know on my best days when i'm trying to just be a good person i try to remember that the people who hurt others tend to be the ones hurting the most and the hound is profoundly hurt. 
But through relationships in the show, he sets out on a very rocky but redemptive path. And by the end of his story, you're just like cheering for the bastard. Yeah, I'm really glad. I was I was eyeing Game of Thrones as some examples. Um, and I'm so I'm just really glad you mentioned. I mean, almost everyone is a freaking anti-hero in Game of Thrones, except like poor Ned. That's about <laughs> that's about it. I feel like he's like the only poor uh hero, and that's what Game of Thrones does to their heroes, is they chop their heads off in season one. And I'm sorry. I'm spoiling it. If you haven't seen Game of Thrones, like, that's your problem. <laughs> um, so look, and I'm going to go one. a little yeah. lowbrow here, but like, I'm Macnae Megan, and I think that that's my role on the podcast is to just make sure we dumb down things. Um, so yeah, my favorite is a reluctant hero, which I would consider that to be like a hero in name only, like this, like the hero that does not want to be a hero and is almost like forced into it. And he doesn't have good morals, but he's, like, trying his best because he's forced into it. And, look, that's Riddick from Pitch Black, uh, who is one of my favorite antiheroes and is one of the reasons that I write science fiction. So Pitch Black is, like, from the 90s, I think. Uh, it's an older movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Riddick is played by Vin Diesel, which, hear me out, okay? It's in his earlier years. Before he got... I'm going to be like Amy. I'm just going to set this explanation out. Yeah, I know. I, I told you. I'm going... I, you know what? You, you guys want all, like, super fancy. <laughs> no. It, Pitch Black's is his best. He's one. Groot, so okay. I'll, I'll... He's Groot, so it's okay. Vin <laughs> so Diesel is Groot? He's Groot. No. Wait. No way! What? Yeah. I had no idea. Vin Diesel is yeah. the voice of Groot. Amy's checking, but I know that for a fact as well. Yeah, he's Groot. I mean, I guess I like him a little bit better. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Vin Diesel. No, but I feel gas. I feel gas yeah. again. And I'm like, am I? Yeah, he is. No, Vin Diesel is, is very weird in real life, so I will accept that. But anyway, this futurist, this future, futuristic science fiction movie is just such a well-written setup. Like, I don't know how else to explain. Like, the just. A simple movie, basically, but it's so good. Um, so it's with a deadly ex-convict antihero. So later movies in this franchise um, explore more lore, which actually is fun. But I like Pitch Black because it's simple. And so therefore, to me, it's the best in the franchise. And if you haven't seen it, the setup is this. A spaceship carrying passengers and Riddick who is a former soldier and mercenary turned like criminal and murderer crashes on an unknown planet. And there they learn that every 22 years, the planet experiences a total eclipse. And when that happens, these light sensitive, deadly monster aliens, they're like, they're like bird things that can just like chop off your head in no time. Um, they emerge from underground and they'll eat anything on the surface. It's basically like when they feed is like every 22 years and they like just soar into the air in this like black cloud. It's so freaking cool. Um, and of course that eclipse is going to happen right now when they, when they crash the, their, their spaceship. So uh, Riddick while imprisoned in a, you know, again, this is like a futuristic society. So when he was imprisoned, it was basically like in the dark, like underground. He had his, what, his eyes shined, which is so cool. Because in the whole movie, he just has these like shiny black eyes, um, which means he can see in the dark. Uh, he has to wear goggles 
if there's any sort of sun because his his eyes are so sensitive he actually can't really see in the sun with like his naked eyes so um because of this the remaining survivors need his help not only for his fight skills but for his sight because the planet is completely dark and they need him to be able to like get them to their safety spaceship um and riddick could likely survive on his own i mean he has no reason to like trust anyone these are like the people in the spaceship obviously are very scared of him he is massive and scary and a convict and a murderer and there's cops that are you know military police that are like assigned to him and their job is to like keep him in restraints so he is and he obviously like, hates any sort of like authority um and uh but he instead does choose to help them in exchange for his freedom basically the one cop was like if you help us I'll I'll give you freedom. And Riddick doesn't really trust him. Um and but he but he's like, well, okay. And so he, it's a selfish reason and he, and he to help them and he does make often very selfish choices during this like whole journey of them trying to get this like to this like escape spaceship on this planet. And as a viewer, we're never really sure of his like motivations like you he hates that it's a large group like is he gonna like sacrifice people to make this group smaller in order to like have a better chance at survival like you don't really know and he doesn't want to be a hero like you wonder if he and eventually he's just going to escape on his own like he's gonna get to the safety pod is he just gonna leave everyone um and so he's like thrust into this hero role as this like outcast ex-convict murderer and he, in the end, does become heroic. And it's, like, so good. Just, I'm sorry. It's a classic anti-hero movie. One of my favorites of all time. So I know you, we should do this. You guys have to watch the print. Or, I'm sorry, you guys have to watch Pitch Black. And I have to watch the print. No, this so- is not a classic that everybody is like, what the fuck, Amy and Leah? You've never seen it. No, 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 no. This is not... It's a call. We are not bartering. Tommy Shelby, who is amazing. And I got like, hey, we're taking too much time, but we just could like barf out. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I know we're going on now. We're going to cut this short and there's going to be no no talk of K drama. I did not. It took three minutes. You just gave an entire movie trailer. (laughs) Thank you. Now it's time for our favorite part of every Mm -hmm. episode. (laughs) We're just going to pretend like we like each other. This is like... hip <laughs> 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 so wreck of the week. And Megan, yeah. why don't you tell us what you have for us this week? But in 60 seconds or less. Yeah, I'm going to make this short and brief. Uh, I'm going to recommend Rover by Kai. He is... Uh, oh, I'm so glad you picked it. I can't. I'm obsessed. Yeah. Well, who is it? So uh, Kai <laughs> is... Thanks for missing me. What'd you say? Thanks for dismissing me. Well, no, I, I agree. It's like, so. Who is it? Just fucking go. <laughs> Just go. Go. We are so snarky today. Um, He is a soloist. Well, he's a member of EXO. Um, he has a lot of solo projects, but. Rover has just, I just need, you. it's taken over the K-pop industry. Like every single member of the K-pop industry is doing Rover TikToks, Instagram, like they are doing the dance. Uh, the song is incredibly addictive. Kai is amazing. 
The video is really cool. And yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I've had the song in my head for like a, a solid week. You can't not. And Kai is, Kai's Kai. He's legendary. I saw some meme that was like, okay, because Jen, Jenny from Blackpink used to date Kai. And I saw this meme that was like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw this meme that was like, Jenny saw that video and immediately like <laughs> dialed Kai again. <laughs> like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> he's so great. No one wears crop tops like Kai. So yeah, anyway, that's my rec. It's Rover by Kai. And that's K-A-I. If you enjoy our podcast, you have our patrons to thank, at least in part. Afternoon of Delight Patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy. Thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there. And not to brag, but our Patreon community is pretty awesome. And you can join at a tier that feels good to you. Gain access to fun perks like K-drama posts, monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-drama support group on Zoom. Because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting afternoonadelight.com. That's www.afternoonadelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoon Delight podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, blow up your skin with K-merch recs, find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gamsamnida. So what kinds of things do you both like to do when you drive? Pay attention to the road? Is this a trick question? All right, how about when you fold laundry? Why am I folding laundry in this scenario? Read, friends. I was trying to get you to say read. You could just ask us if we like to read when we drive or... Wait, how are you reading when you're driving? With Audible. You know, our sponsor, who is the leading creator and provider of premium audio storytelling, enriching the lives of millions of listeners every day. I listen to audiobooks on my commute to work in the car. Oh, yeah. I totally do that. I love my Audible subscription. Then why'd you leave me hanging with the whole driving thing? Forget it. It's not important. What is important is that now our listeners can get a 30-day free trial of Audible Premium Plus from Afternoon of Delight. Do you know what they get with that free trial? Actually, I do. They get one audiobook credit, two if they are Prime members, which is good for any premium selection, and they get to keep that audiobook. They also get the whole Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, like Afternoon of Delight, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible originals. And with the Plus catalog, you can listen all you want, no credits needed. And Audible sends you a reminder email before your trial ends. Sounds like a great way to spend 30 days to me, especially if you're heading outside for a walk, have a long commute to work, or just want to hear one of many talented narrators really bring your book to life. All you have to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash afternoona to sign up and you're ready to download your first listen. Enjoy! So, okay, let's move on to the K-drama portion. <laughs> um, let's give some K-drama examples of each hero archetype. 
So, uh, yeah, first of all, let's go with the corrupt protagonist. So just to remind everyone, that's like the Tommy Shelby type. Um, He acts out of, he or she acts, they act out of self-interest and might be obsessed with motivations such as power, wealth, and fame. Um, So I had Bong Sang-pil from Lawless Lawyer. And I also kind of felt that Dong Un from The Glory fell under this. Well, she was not under like, you know, she was not wanting fame or anything like that. Um, She was kind of obsessed with her journey and wanted power over the baddies who were very bad and but I, she was not she was not a hero she was not a hero yeah no i i i actually do agree with that one she it, it was always it was definitely like some sort right. of personal agenda okay yeah so i realized apparently i just really like this one so i'm going to make the argument that sad cousin kim byung in from mr queen could fit in this paradigm um so you know sad cousin isn't a bad person normally (laughs) um he'd probably be quite nice but he love makes people do all sorts of crazy things and when you're not picked to be the special person but you think that like you have the right answer and you have the right reason why um why the person should pick you you're going to start acting out of self-interest. And so in this case, I don't think that his obsession was with like power or wealth. It was with love, which was really sympathetic, but he ended up making horrible decisions thinking that he was doing the right thing to like win the love of the heroine who like, just like, you know, it wasn't it. He wasn't end game. And he didn't, he didn't realize he was the second male lead. <laughs> he thought he was the male lead. <laughs> He was the hero of his own story. Yeah. I mean, he made bad choices and like got in league with bad people because he was trying to do deals. Like, so you're sympathetic because you know that he's like doing it like for like, you know, he's not doing it because of something horrible. But and then neither of you have seen Moon Lovers yet, but uh, there's a love triangle. And the fourth prince and the eighth prince played by Lee Jungini and then Kong Hanul, they both um, they both love the heroine. However, they're both very motivated to get the crown. So we've kind of got this Game of Thrones thing happening and they're going to make choices that are going to F over the heroine or not based on like their love of power. Yet at the same time, they are deeply in love with the heroine and they're sometimes trying to make these choices because they think this will help them get the girl, even though it's making them do bad things. Um, I chose Dobe Man from Military Prosecutor Doberman because definitely at the beginning, he is extremely corrupted by by money, by greed. Uh, he just wants kind of like money, he wants recognition, um, and he does really shitty things. You're actually not like super sympathetic to him. Um, uh, so I would say like at the beginning, he's more of, of the anti-hero, but he turns into a good hero. And I do want to shout out our Instagram who gave us, I asked on Instagram about people's favorite antiheroes and they gave so many good examples. So thank you. Um, okay. So the next one is the classical antihero. So that was like the, the Frodo Baggins. It's like the, you know, just basically you don't have traits that you normally would. You're, you're flawed. You have low self-confidence, stuff like that. 
Yeah, I think this might surprise some people that I'm putting this character in this category, but I'm going to go with um, Lee Jun-gi in Flower of Evil. I know some people on Instagram picked him as an antihero, and he absolutely is. I just don't know if people, if everybody would consider him a classical antihero, but I think that kind of fits that sort of, you know, he his exterior persona is one thing and his interior is another. And at, th- at first we think he's a straight villain, but the more we learn about him, the more we see what his character has been grappling with for years and how he grows into someone entirely different. But I can't really say anything. Like I always want to talk about this drama and always cannot do so in detail because spoilers, and I would never want to ruin this drama for anyone because it's one of my, still one of my top five, but if you know, you know, and Thank you to Instagram followers who did list him because you get it. So sorry, Megan, I took healer. No, that's fine. <laughs> but you he know, somebody who wall is very competent and, you know, sympathetic. We see that like at their core, they are not good with like people, the world that links to me to like self doubt and confidence, which is why you build an elaborate layer that you live in alone with like videos of your dream to go to an Island. Um, And so the whole joy (laughs) of healer is you're watching them move from like this place of isolation where they're kind of in the morally gray uh, career business of, you know, kind of doing the wrong thing, being willing to do kind of anything for money except murder to realizing that they, through the power transformational power of love becoming like this whole person that's able and confident to like reach for a future that they, before they didn't have the wherewithal to go for. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually completely agree with that. I think that this hero is the one who is like, they don't see themselves as a hero. You know what I mean? Um, and I chose Kat Kong Do from rain or shine. Um, and it was funny cause I didn't really think of him as a antihero, but then Instagram, mentioned him several people did and i was like wait a minute he definitely is and he fits this because he sees himself as extremely flawed extremely damaged he absolutely does not see himself as a hero or someone that can stand up for anyone else and in the end this isn't a spoiler i mean just that like the rain or shine is literally his journey almost to like becoming someone who is heroic and not necessarily in like an action sense but understanding that he can be a hero to someone else he can be there he can be someone else's special person um okay and the next is the pragmatic hero and so that was the one that's like harry potter um they yeah essentially yeah greater good kind of thing they have to do things that aren't always great right so i chose park seroe from um Idoan class. And here's the thing. When I watch this drama, I don't think of him as an anti-hero. But obviously somebody who's like, you know, got a 15-year-long game of revenge has some anti-hero tendencies. Um, but I do think that he he has this sort of big picture, you know, goal of not just like exacting, you know, vengeance for, you know, his father's death, but he wants to like... <laughs> you know, rid society of this horrible family um, who is super unscrupulous and, you know, very villainous. And it was just, it was a lot of fun to watch. But here's the thing, like, he wants to take down the baddies who are actually bad, but he does leave some emotional collateral damage in his wake. Except I think that he's so good that he makes up for it in my mind. So maybe to me, he's just a hero, but I love him. 
And, you know, so there. But I, he's definitely an anti-hero because he, this is, you know, he's got some personal, you know, vendetta going on here. And, you know, that's kind of like his tunnel vision of it. You know, he's got this big picture and he kind of hurts some people in the process. But I do, I do think he makes amends for it. By saying more than just Saturn Gay. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to go for uh, Ji Woo, played by Han So Hee from My Name. Um, I feel like, you know, this person is out to figure out who killed their brother or their brother, their father and have revenge. And, but to do that, they have to like join the underworld and like she joins like a crime syndicate and you know has to pretend like she's one of them but in doing that you have to also kind of like corrupt yourself a bit because you have to look like you're part of the baddies so yeah. they're not like naturally seeking that out but they actually have to like join this like pretty bad organization in order to look like they're one of them so they can therefore like get their revenge yeah she's one of my favorite anti-heroes to be honest um actually sometimes like i look back and think about my name and i'm like that was truly a fantastic drama one of the best revenge dramas okay i was gonna say real quick i feel like for pragmatic anti-hero maybe i'm re- recommending another Itawan class but i feel like kim Don me from Itawan class was like that she was definitely willing to like throw people under the bus and i do think she thought like i do think she believed in park sarawi's like greater good mission I do think she had like less morals than him and he like took her to task a few times. Um, I thought someone actually mentioned her as an anti-hero on Instagram and that was one I hadn't thought of. And I really liked that one. Yeah. And so unscrupulous hero. So this was like the Jack Sparrow. So they have good intentions, but a lot of collateral damage. And I will say for a lot of these, like, look, no, nothing's cut and dry. Like we're, kind of putting people into boxes that maybe don't fit in boxes, but it's still fun to like discuss. I'm just going to say pretty much everyone in <laughs> little women who wasn't a villain is an unscrupulous anti-hero. At first I was like, Kim, go-. I'm like, Kim go on as, as Owen Ju. Then I'm like, we had June is Tway Do Il. Then I'm like, well, pretty much everybody who's a hero is a unscrupulous anti-hero. So. Um, yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to Erang from Tale the Night Tailed who look he he's a good little buddy and like you know at the end of the day like i want him to be on my team but he's also a nine-tailed fox who eats people's livers and does horrible things to them so i don't know you know i'm conflicted because i love him biblically and spiritually (laughs) (laughs) and you know i mean in real life there'd be some red flags agree and then hero in name only so this is the one that kind of toes the line between hero and villain yeah i've been with komun young from it's okay to not be okay like especially in the beginning before you know any of her deep 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 emotional boo-boos she has a fabulous wardrobe and there are little snippets where you can see that see that she is on the side of good but she is pretty ruthless and horrible to everyone around her, um, even violent. Yet, because you know that there is good in her somewhere deep down, you root for her. 
or you root for her just because she is a badass walking id that none of us could ever be in real life. I, I mean, that's exactly my answer. So I'm just going to say cosine. <laughs> um, and so I, I really do want to shout out someone that I just saw uh, in Unlock My Boss, who is such a fantastic antihero. Uh, they all, they called him Moppy uh, or Mappy, which is M A P I. Uh, he is this like former boxer who has been betrayed by everyone. He starts out. He is the coach from Fight for My Way. So if you remember the coach from Fight for My Way, he starts out the drama. You like absolutely hate him, but then he turns into this like heartbreaking antihero. Oh my god! Just everything about his character was so good. I know I talked about Unlock My Boss on Instagram, but I just want to give another shout out that it was a hidden gem for me. It's a. I always think that you're saying Unlock My Box. Oh, Unlock My Boss. <laughs> Sorry. B o s s. B o s s. So if we're going to talk about heroes and anti heroes, we should also talk about villains because nothing makes a good hero like a good villain. Um, the difference between an anti-hero and a villain is basically that the villain is the opposite of the hero and isn't working on the side of the good. They are actively throwing obstacles in our hero's way to achieving a goal. Uh, but as Amy said, a good villain always thinks that they're a hero in their eyes. Um, so name a good villain that was a foil to an anti-hero. I'm going to go back to Itaewon class and say Yu Jae Myung as Jang Dae-hee uh, in Itaewon class. Despite Pak Seroe's 15-year-long game to achieve his revenge, Zhang Dehee, it's like he was always one step ahead of him. He kept throwing obstacle after obstacle in his way. And the man was ruthless. Like, he even weaponized his own son to achieve his gains. Like, that, you know, true villain. Like, this guy was such a good villain, too. And I'm still horrified at how old I thought he was. And he's like my because they age like they age him up with like you know hair coloring and makeup and stuff right. like that they did he did ruin his son's life yes for this like he did weaponize your, his son you're right poor poor on bo hyun doing push-ups shirtless <laughs> in prison <laughs> and killing chickens. killing chickens oh my god and then for me um you know we we had that nod to Moon Young uh, in uh, as being like a hero, kind of a name only. So while ultimately I don't feel like it's my favorite villain of all time, here I really want to give a nod to Moon Young's mama uh, in It's Okay to Not Be Okay, because we needed to have an anti-heroine who had deep psychological damage so we could feel some sympathy for the fact they're pretty unlikable. And while I wanted more from the villain character by the end, her mom was fucking wild yeah. in terms of what she was willing <laughs> to do to control and emotionally abuse her daughter. And so because of that, I think it really helped show how deep Moon Young's trauma and damage ran and really earned us a lot of those sympathy points uh, so that the audience was willing to like accept her as not just being another villain as well. Yeah, you know what? Young Jin from The Glory, she didn't even know what a bad mother was. Komun Young's mother. <laughs> bad controlling mother. Bad Imagine mama. you. She's like Imagine a face, like face off. Oh my God. Oh my God. The plastic surgery? I mean, it'd be crazy. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with Choi Mu Jin from My Name. Look, again, I love My Name. Great, great, great revenge drama. And the thing that was interesting about this villain was. I always like it when the hero has some sort of like, not by intimate, I don't mean like in the biblical sense. I mean, they know 
they know the the villain very well. And in this case, Han Sohee's character looked at Trey Mujin as a father figure, um, only to later learn that basically he he had betrayed her. But so it was a really really cool foil because they had almost like a mutual respect for each other, but they were also enemies and had completely different goals. So he was such a good villain. Again, if you haven't watched my name, go watch it. It's really good. Um, All right. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. You know, we talked a lot about Western TV this time. I apologize. I am incapable of talking about Tommy Shelby like a normal person. I mean, I'm not either. And I'm also incapable of talking about Riddick like a normal person. And you know what? I, I'm not, you know, I'm actually not really that sorry. I'm not really that sorry. I, I do think you should apologize for not having yet watched The Princess Bride, though, because that is okay, an assignment. I am yeah. sorry for that. And I, I you know, I think I'll you watch should. it. Every week. I want to I want to get a like, it's been nine days since Megan has ignored yep. our request. Yep. <laughs> we will keep we will keep a tally. But thank you all. Keep thank you all for um, for dragging her for that and continue to do so. Thank you for listening. And uh, we will see you next time. Annyeong. Annyeong. Kamsamnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T. Com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, Annyeong!